Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another installment of our Horror Around the Globe slash Foreign Horror series. And this one actually focuses, again, on Native American film. And this one is in the United States, so not foreign to us. But again, we'd like to highlight some Indigenous people's creative abilities in film. So we are going to be discussing a film called The Smudging that came out in 2016. And It was really difficult to find a ton of background information. So unlike the previous Native American film that we did called Blood Quantum, we were able to find specifically the tribes that were involved and the people's backgrounds. This one was a little bit more difficult for me to maybe Kristen found some information. I did find the director, writer, producer. He's Navajo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did ask a Navajo elder for permission to do this film because storytelling is so important to Native Americans. So I assumed also that he was probably Navajo. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I would also assume, especially because it seems like this director and writer got a lot of his friends to do this with him. Mm-hmm. Because when you look up this film, there's not a ton of information out there. There's no Wikipedia on it. There is an IMDb, but that's really about all you're going to get except for a few random little articles here and there with like film bloggers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it is on Amazon Prime free for streaming if you would like to watch it. So, of course, you have that as well. But there's none of these actors that were in the film or anybody that really worked on it have done anything else. So this was their one thing they did. So it seems like, you know, a very close to their heart project for this director and also for just their group of friends and possibly for their specific family knit group, too. Mm-hmm. So this smudging is actually set in Chicago and they're going into investigate this. What's interesting is they're a paranormal researching team in Chicago mm-hmm. and they call themselves the night stalkers. And my first thought was like, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, right? I I was like, y'all know that that like was a bad person. That's some Richard Ramirez. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't a- think you want to name yourselves after a serial killer. Mm. Especially not that one. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I know that all serial killers are bad, but Richard Ramirez was yikes. Like, Oh my mm. God. And aside though, there is a great documentary on Netflix right now about the Night Stalker and it is so good. I was so proud of them because they didn't delve into the serial killer worship. They, they literally just said what he did and talked to like some of the people that survived his crimes. And then like in the background, they went like, oh, yeah, he had this terrible stuff done to him like any abused child. And this is, you know, and then they just brushed it off within like a minute. It was great. But it wasn't used as like a this is why he killed. I was so proud of them. And I learned stuff in there that I never knew. Like I I'm sorry, trigger warning if people struggle with this. But Richard Ramirez was a rapist serial killer. But I didn't know he was also a pedophile. He Mm. would abduct kids in the middle of the night have sex with them for hours, and then send them back. He wouldn't kill them. 
so creepy. Like you never hear about serial killers that are all of those things at once. Unless they just kill everyone ruthlessly. Right. Regard typically like they don't usually are like, okay, you can go home now. You know, it's just across the board. Right. So that's pretty good. I know we're not talking about that, but if anybody wants to check it out, it's really good. But But yeah, don't name yourself after that. (laughs) Their paranormal (laughs) research group is called the Night Stalkers. I was like, okay. (laughs) Interesting choice there, but do you, I guess, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine they don't know, but maybe they don't. Not everybody's super into serial killers. I just assume most people that are into like paranormal horror subculture type things also know those things right like you're almost sitting here going was it a joke because they also have a token white guy and i don't know if that was just a friend of theirs or was that a joke i don't know but i'm interested they don't have information on that they also have a serial killer in this movie yes so the button man which was a wicked cool serial killer to make up yeah, yeah, there was a lot of this the story of this was really well done. I really enjoyed it. And the serial killer they came up with was had a neat calling card. It was very Coraline esque. Mm-hmm, right. Loved that. Just a terrible, terrible Coraline. <laughs> he would literally nail the buttons into people's eyes. Like, oh, oh no, no. Yeah, it wasn't like I'm going to sew the buttons into your <laughs> eyes and then you'll be happy forever. Even though that that's not how Coraline is either but (laughs) right you know you know anyways they are going to this is a found footage film kind of yeah it yeah ish kind of it was actually a huge problem of mine the fact that it wasn't just totally found footage or totally not it kind of like took away the scariness because you think that they're alone in a hallway but then somebody's like zooming in on their face and stuff and you're like oh they're not alone there's a cameraman right there it couldn't quite decide what it wanted to be in that regard because yeah. I agree with you. I was like, is somebody filming them? Like, is somebody mm-hmm. with them? But no, it was literally just the cinematography. Yeah. And, but also it was a found footage film in pieces. So it was kind of confusing. And again, this is an incredibly low budget film. Unlike Blood Quantum, there was no, now Blood, Blood Quantum is also a, a small indie film, but mm-hmm. this one, thank think smaller think if you called your friends and were like y'all want to make a movie yeah this is like maybe one of our our dollar movies type films right now now there is a lot more that went into this one than i would say like you know some of the (laughs) other dollar ones some of the other undergrounds but yeah but it still was very like some of the effects i was like you could have done a little something something a little different i feel like but uh, fuck me i don't know stuff but (laughs) like for example a a lot of jump cuts like harsh jump cuts is Mm -hmm. very indicative of don't have the special effects to go from one to the other or i just felt like they were going through a scene and didn't necessarily need a hard jump cut they could have just like kept going you know what i mean yes yes so i will say it's a little jarring in places no, definitely. Their monsters were pretty fucking scary, though. Like, once we get to them, they did a really good job. I thought the, the – there's, like, this – so we know that there are three girl ghosts, and there's the button man. But there's a fifth ghost that these little kids have been drawing pictures about that's just, like, this this entity. And he is fucking scary when you see him. Oh, yeah. That's one thing that I said that was – 
like that you know i will say like if everything was bad like their ghosts were not scary and they uh, this probably wouldn't be that great but they their entities their spirits especially their main darkness basically mm-hmm. was actually really creepy and they yes. did such a good job with how it looked and yeah i i definitely give them major props on it i think that's where they spent most of their time working because that's so important Yes. Like if it's not scary and you're spending all of your time building up to this one thing that, you know, especially in the beginning, they're they're talking in this cultural center. All of these employees are having all of these experiences. And that's what starts these paranormal investigations, of course. And they're talking to them. And of course, they do these they have children come for day program and stuff and after school programs and stuff like that and camps and these kids won't come back. They're like, fuck that. Right. And they're drawing pictures of this thing that is just like, like there's a lot of things haunting this place, but there's one specific entity that's basically like the head honcho haunter. Right. Right. I actually really liked that. I don't know, aspect too, just like a real societal aspect because these kids are just leaving, but they're not allowed to just leave because the counselors want to know why they're leaving, which I think is really smart because who knows? I mean, they could have been molested by somebody. We don't know what's going on. So they bring these kids back to ask why they left. And these kids are then drawing pictures about why they left. Right. They're not just like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. Another child left behind. No, they check up on them. And I think that's really good. Yeah. And so they have a bunch of pictures of the same thing. And some of them are just like they saw it or one of them is actually this thing is over the entire outside of the building. So it's this kind of larger than life thing. But it's it's terrifying. Even just the drawings are scary. And that really sets up as the viewer that you're going to be facing off with this thing when they go in and do this overnight paranormal investigation. It's very typical of one of those, you know, paranormal found footage movies when they Mm -hmm. go in and they investigate, except the cameras are weird sometimes. (laughs) So they, before they go in and do that though, they talk to this older gentleman who has done this already, except he tried to go in and do a cleansing And he said that he did find this dark entity there. And it's, he said it's basically bigger and worse than anything you can imagine. And he was able to trap it there. Right. And contain the evil basically. And he was so serious about this that he did not even want them filming him when he was talking about this. It was very superstitious. He was, you know, it was very serious to him. And Mm -hmm. he basically, they said that he took, white sage and was able to contain it that way which is why this is called the smudging and i'm going to actually talk about white sage and smudging in a little while but i've actually learned a lot about that over the past year listening to indigenous people talk a lot there's a huge indigenous community on tiktok by the way if anybody's interested in indigenous people's tiktok but that's how he contained it and they do they go anyways and he's like don't fucks with it because at least it stays there and it's not unleashed on the world basically because you know, it's been there longer than obviously this building has been there. It's yeah. ancient. So this ancient evil, but they go because, you know, why not? Yeah. They're like, they're a paranormal ghost show. Basically they've done this multiple times. Yeah. 
And not only that, but this button killer killed these two women and he didn't finish opening the door, he said. He ended up dead in his cell with his eyes removed and there was no suspect even in the prison that killed him. So also sounds like he's trying to open some door. Yeah. You know, that maybe he wasn't like these killings were kind of a side thing for him. Maybe, he, you know, there was something that was influencing him, you know. Right. You know, that's maybe why these women ended up killed. But that's just kind of a side thing because the button killer did get caught for these horrible crimes. And that's one of the things you see in the beginning, too, are these crime scene photos of these women that were murdered in that cultural center. So, yes. Yep. 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 He also tells them that the other spirits that they will encounter if they go in there are the two girls killed by the button man and this little girl and something else evil he trapped there. So, and it also is basically hate incarnate, like in one spirit. Now, trigger warning, really quick. If anybody wants to cut ahead, this is going to be really fast. This is the only thing that bothered me with those crime scene photos because they said that the button man not only nails those buttons into these women's heads and kills them, you know, serial killer, but he also rapes them. Now, the crime scene, these women are fully clothed. Like, they have jeans on and they're they're snapped perfectly and they have, like, a bloody handprint on the thigh. It's like, did he also redress them? That was a little confusing. And I'm not even saying I want to see a crime scene photo with, like, the pants, you know, down or anything. It just, like, a detail. I guess you could have just left out the fact that he was also a rapist. Like, it didn't even need to be there. Yeah, I guess they were trying to make it as brutal as possible. But it it was brutal enough nailing. Yeah, that's wicked brutal. Because he did that when they were alive. So. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with your eye thing. I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we go into the cultural center, of course, because, you know, that's that's what we do. And they get everything all set up. And, the you know, they've interviewed a lot of staff. And there have been weird things happening to the staff. And they've talked about a couple different things and showed them a couple different places of where things are happening. And obviously, this is a really old building. So there's a bunch of dark back hallways and things like that that aren't just open to the public. And that's where a lot of this happens but before they do that they are making sage bundles and smudge sticks and stuff like that and they make these like little like sage Sage grenades (laughs) which are great i'm not but it was it was it made me laugh i loved it so much other people i know there were reviews on amazon and people were like sage grenades that's all i have to say and like one star and i'm like it was funny calm down and it's not even that the sage grenades themselves, I didn't think were that funny. Like, okay, light it and throw it and run. That made sense to me. It was the the effects that they put yeah. on the sage grenade that were funny. <laughs> yeah. Because kind of cutting ahead, when they would throw these sage grenades at these spirit, the screen, it would they would just flash a white screen at you. Like completely white <laughs> out the whole screen. It wasn't wouldn't just be like because you can throw like a, a you know, sage and go. No, no. It, they ha- it had to like explode basically. I thought it was great. What a cool new weapon! Like that we've never. I've never seen a sage grenade in a horror movie before. I liked it. I just didn't like the effect. That's all. Yes, I didn't mind the sage grenade. I I just didn't like the <laughs> we're whiting out the screen all of a sudden. That was just right. a little weird. But <laughs> again, you have to. It's not like these people have Hollywood behind their special effects. You know, they're they're doing the best they can with a very small budget. I just, it's hard because you've we've seen some very very small budgets be so creative. Yes. Now this is a 
I this is part of my trivia that I was going to get to, but this is an incredibly small budget. They had $3,500, and that was mainly from Kickstarter. That's all they had for this film. That Yeah, I mean, that's to pay everyone. That's to go with into the, the equipment. Yeah, like, all the programming to edit it, too. Editing a movie is difficult. Short films, I mean, you know, that takes mm-hmm. hours, days, months, you know years for a big full-length feature films right so that's hard no no shade like i none because i couldn't do it now i that's not my job but you know there there was some there's an effect later i'll get to when they're fighting like the big entity that i was just like yikes but (laughs) again i i definitely will give them kudos for a lot of things because they're they're monster their big spirit was really creepy and there was a jump scare that i was like oh shit like it really got me more than like fucking la llorona ever fucking did so yes i sat there in the tub with one of them and i felt like i sounded so sarcastic but i yelled at connor i was like that was so scary and he's like are you meaning it (laughs) i was like yes it was he's like you lying bitch like (laughs) right i do want to mention really quick i because I love Native Americans so much and there are really no films out there. I really don't want to tear this film apart on my end. I just want to let you guys know that there are some things that I didn't like and I will let you know that, but I'm not going to like bash this film. I think that you guys, what you guys did was brave that you did it at all. Yeah. I mean it, I will say I did not dislike watching this film. I definitely thought it had a creepy atmosphere, Mm -hmm. but it, Here's here was my number one issue. So honestly, the plot's pretty simple. They go into here to this cultural center in the dark, and they separate because of course, why wouldn't they? And one of one guy goes in. His name is Danny, and he's our first one to kind of get fucked. <laughs> and yes. he sees, I believe, the little girl spirit first, mm-hmm. and then behind him that's when we get our first glimpse of the big spirit that's doing all that's responsible for all of the evil and hatred and everything it's fucking scary like that thing is scary like it it is really creepy i was like oh shit it's got like this white mask on but not like totally white there's it's almost like aboriginal painted a little bit a little bit that's all i can really explain it as and then he's got these long dark fingers no creepy yeah, and it's so unique to anything that I've ever seen. Never seen anything like that before. Agreed. Right. So the, the super, super cool on that part of things. And then we have, they end up not being able to connect with him again. And somebody or something has his camera and it looks like he goes up to the top of the roof and goes over, but he doesn't. So that was something taking his camera and making it look like he jumped off the roof because he very much did not. And, you know, we have just a lot of, of stuff going on kind of like that. Mm -hmm. And we have these other two guys that are watching the cameras while our main head guy and his sister, I believe she is. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. That's what I thought. I was like, they're not, they're not together. That's his sister. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yes. They are running around the building looking for him. And another one of them goes off by himself and experiences that spirit as well. And it fucks him right up because he sees one of the murdered women. And then also he sees 
that thing. Oh, fucking terrifying. And he's, like, trying to get back into, like, the, the equipment room, but the thing won't let them open the door. And he's just, like, it's, like, right in front of his face. I'm like, I would have a heart attack right there. Yeah. And, like, it it does scary things. And the only, But I will say because the budget was so small and you really, when you have a, a vision of a film and you want to do it and you have $3,500, that's mostly just going to get you your equipment, your editing mm-hmm. software. That's not going to get you actors, right? Right. The, the, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're right. The acting is terrible. In it this is movie. so bad. So bad. Mm-hmm. It feels so forced. Like, the thing with I'm not an actor and I'm not saying that I would be a good one, but I think what people get wrong when they act and they're not actors is they over embellish things when they could just have a conversation and it feel normal. Yes. You know, like they, let's say I was saying a sentence to you, like, Hey, we need to go and do this thing. And be like, Hey, we really need to go do this thing. That's literally what this was. And it's like, you could have just not changed your voice and it would have been fine. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't sound real to me and it I'm watch I'm very aware that I am watching a movie and that <laughs> obviously you want to watch a horror movie but you don't want to feel like it's fake you know yes. you want to be wrapped up in the experience and there were very few times that I got wrapped up in the experience because it felt very low budget very much because of the acting and there were a few times with the effects as well but actually very few times because of the effects just right at the end yes the fucking end with the sheets (laughs) yeah like so eventually we have to go take care of this this phantom thing and in order to do that the woman has to go do it the only woman in there because women are you know, light creatures, and that's why babies love their mothers so much. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Women are the best. They're life but givers. That's life what givers. Saying. Yes. Yeah. And so she has to go in to take care of this thing. She has to go into like the spirit world to do this. But then when she's in there, it's just crazy, and you have no idea what's going on. And there's just like flashes of things, and then all of a sudden she's out, and it's all taken care of. And you're like, what the fuck happened? And she's like, one of the things with her fighting with the spirit is you can tell they threw like a black sheet or a black curtain on her. And she's just like throwing her hands above her head and acting exasperated. And I was like, yikes. (laughs) Yes, that was real bad. It was. Yeah. Now, I would love to see what this guy would be able to do if this script had made it into the hands of a major studio and Mm -hmm. he was able to do with you know like better actors and no shade to his friends at all they wanted to help him make a movie and he did you know but yeah and the ends are always the hardest yes but i also feel like had you stuck with found footage you wouldn't have really had to worry about that ending you could have just had somebody watching, you know, her go- disappear and come back and it was done. And then I think it would have been better. I think it would have been better just as found footage. But the fact that it was kind of like in between, I really struggled with. Yeah, it was very jarring for yes. sure. And the like I said, the jump cuts and and when they were also telling like the the guy comes back, the one that has originally contained this, he comes back to help them. And he actually tells them the story of what 
basically the legend of this thing is and it's been there since before even the natives were there so it is incredibly ancient and that the their people have been fighting it off for generations and generations and generations and so when he's telling them this legend it the transitions when he Mm -hmm. basically has to stop and start his lines are super weird yes they really are they are really bad and then okay so i do have one that i'm gonna flip out to you guys on so this whole film they are splitting up they have split up everywhere that's the fucking problem you have people in the fucking equipment room you have danny the guy that keeps getting possessed our, our token white guy he keeps separating to check on cameras and then we have the brother and sister that kind of team up and do stuff together that's three different sets of people okay they split up the whole fucking time and then there's a point when the shaman guy comes in and danny the one who keeps going to check on fucking cameras all by himself goes strength in numbers that's how we do it because the shaman says we're going to separate half of us are going to go here half of us are going to go here and then we're going to meet back around and he goes strength in numbers that's how we do it and then the shaman goes well how did that work out for you tonight chief and i got so fucking mad i'm like you didn't do that the whole fucking time you never did strength in numbers what the fuck are you talking about yeah they they be doing the typical like don't split up but split up yes oh i was so mad i was like what the fuck check your lines again jesus yeah i wanted to like this so bad like and i didn't like it because (laughs) it is such a good concept and it it truly was creepy it really was yes and when they go after it and see all the ghosties i mean it it was like you know you're in it with them you know and they they have to go after it in the dark because they they can't see it in the light and so they at least give you some explanation to some of the horror tropes that they're using which i really liked so they did consider a lot of things and i i really wish that i when they she does go into like the spirit world to fight this you know what they could have done something would be like watch her be gone and just like flailing and fighting and they could have even cut to her because he does try to nail buttons into her head they could have that was even not a bad scene with her fighting that off agreed some of it though was yeah like she was moving around a lot and you could tell that she was probably like these are my only pair of glasses so don't break them so the guy was like trying not to be rough with her but grab her glasses but she was moving around so he's like stop bitch i can't get the glasses (laughs) exactly that was kind of funny yeah so they end up beating it or at least suppressing it enough and leave the cultural center at the end and the little girl spirit comes out of the building and waves at the girl of the group and she is able to come outside of the building yeah i thought that was super sweet and the fact that nobody died that is so rare in horror at least one person at least one token person has to die and i was really proud that they didn't do that yeah and i liked that as well and i liked that it got them to the point well because one of the things they say is that these spirits are not able to leave you know Mm -hmm. and this evil like created the button man and it could have done it again with any of those employees yes and but now these spirits are hopefully able to be free yeah so i mean it all comes full circle you know and again that thing was pretty creepy now at the end you kind of do like notice that it's a guy in a costume and he's just got a black cloak over him you can kind of see some of those things but not as bad as you would think yeah 
exactly. it's still very well hidden in the dark and the 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 dark camera work is pretty good so Agreed. I do have quite a bit of trivia. I was actually really surprised that IMDb had as much as they did. And I liked, um, I was so interested in almost all of it. So I have quite a bit for you guys. Sage was always on hand for the cast and crew to smudge themselves before and after filming because of the content that they were doing, but also because they really did film this. The building was the former site of the American Indian Center of Chicago, and it has a reputation in the community as being one of the most haunted buildings in in the uptown neighborhood. He actually, after seeing It Follows, Mike Marin went home and wrote the first 30 pages of this script. I love that. I know. The film was shot over a six-month period, and the building staff gave the film crew permission to use the facility after business hours on Friday nights and all day on Saturday, which is why they had the smudging available, because they were literally filming in this haunted freaking place. To prepare the actors for the film, Mike Marin had them each spend a minute alone in a pitch-dark room on the building's fourth floor, where staff had reported several incidents of paranormal activity. The longest anyone stayed was 25 seconds. Interesting. I mean, it's it's kind of... it's. I'm not going to say the same, but like when you go into incredibly haunted places, I'd be like, nah, I'm mm-hmm. fucking out. It, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't. Like, I'm already afraid of the dark, let alone a haunted fucking room in this haunted fucking place. Nope, I'm good. I'm surprised someone lasted 25 seconds. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mike Marin was actually a youth program director at the American Indian Center. So a lot of the material in this is shit that happened to him. And then this is really cool. Okay. On the evening of March 27, 2018, writer-director Mark Marin was reviewing the film when something in particular seen caught his eye. In the footage, there is a doorway behind the characters as they are searching a room. When the camera pans across the room, it captured a shadowy figure standing in the doorway. As the scene progressed and the camera pans back, the figure moves out of the doorway and behind a wall. Mike Marin recalls that other than himself, the two actors, and the camera operator, there was nobody else up there with them as the room was locked due to filming. This footage also remains in the final cut of the film, which I want to go back and rewatch it. Mm-hmm. And to his knowledge, Mike Marin believes this is to this is the only known narrative film that contains genuine footage of an actual entity, which is so cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So I mentioned at the beginning that I wanted to talk about smudging specifically and white sage smudging. So something that I've learned and I've kind of talked to Kristen about this. I've sent Kristen some native TikToks because there are a lot of creators on TikTok because that's become, especially for Gen Z and millennials, but not specifically, that's become a great platform to spread awareness and do a lot of education on things, especially cultures and like when uh, things come up in politics and we need to spread <laughs> awareness. Something that's come up is uh, a lot of native cultures have talked about smudging with white sage being a closed practice. And that's something that that's wasn't something that I ever knew or was taught because I don't have a lot of exposure to that. And I wanted to read something really quickly. And again, this obviously one native person doesn't speak for all, but this is something that I, I follow at least five or six major ones that have over, you know, like it doesn't really matter how many followers, but they've obviously made a big platform for themselves, like 200, 300,000, even one up to in the millions. So basically this says, this is written talking about 
specifically white sage because that's what most of these smudging bundles are made from. So natives have asked non-white natives to stop selling sage and smudge kits because smudging is actually part of a sacred ceremonial act of purification used by various indigenous groups and terminology is important, but smudging is pulled out of more spiritually important context that is beyond just burning herbs. And for a long time, just four decades ago, they were legally prohibited from essentially practicing their own religion and many are still fighting for the right to do so. And this boom has also led to over-harvesting of white sage, making it less accessible to the communities who use it for their own spiritual practices. So they've asked non-natives to stop selling sage and smudge kits. So it can be an issue when white and un- other non-native people take something so easily for themselves while others fight for the right to do so. So non not all natives, of course, practice smudging, nor do they all use sage, but it can be seen as disrespectful to those who do. So those who would like to find an alternative to do it, there are a lot of great alternatives to white sage. There are actually Etsy shops. So if you go on Etsy and you look for smudging bundles, there are a lot of herbs that have been proven in witching communities to be good for getting rid of negative energy. Black sage and garden sage are not the same as white sage. Wormwood, cedar, pine, and basil, mints, rosemary, lemon balm, and juniper. They all basically combine these into herbs and use them to purify as well. So making smudge sticks doesn't differ too much based on what plants you use. They just need to be arranged differently to hold them together. So basically you can find all sorts of different things to get rid of negative energy. Also, people create specific incense sticks to cleanse your home or areas of negative energy. So just wanted to mention that because I have learned a lot about white sage being a closed practice to these natives because of the over-harvesting and sacred ceremonial practice of it. So I just wanted to mention that. Interesting. I know this is not similar at all, but it's the only thing that I have that also bothers me as an Irish person. I hate the fact that everybody uses St. Patty's Day as a party day because when my family came to this country, we were not allowed any good jobs, if any at all, because we were Irish and things like that. So I agree. There's a lot of cultural appropriation that we kind of need to back off on it's really fucking unfair and that's something that like we haven't been listening to like natives especially like they are kind of a um, forgotten group of people you know when it comes to their practices and their culture and like we because we've talked about smudging with sage and everything and not knowing the difference between black sage white sage and stuff like that because if you go and you buy sage it's usually white sage So Mm -hmm. just be very careful and respectful about your smudging practices because we promote smudging, but you can do it on an ethical basis that respects indigenous communities. Like I said, there's a lot of witches on Etsy that sell respectful sage bundles that are not white sage or just different herbs you can even make yourself that still do the same thing. It does not have to specifically be this one herb that gets rid of negative energy or something in your home so I mean I appreciate that knowledge like y'all know I say it multiple times I said it in this episode I love Native American people I respect them so much so I don't want to hurt any of their ceremonies at all especially when they for so long weren't even allowed to perform them so I will thank you for that information I will definitely now look into Etsy stuff 
and also local metaphysical shops if you have them in your area. Most people do, unless you're in a really small town. Most areas at least have one metaphysical store because people love that shit. Crystals and Mm -hmm. there's usually a decent pagan community in all communities that need that kind of stuff for their practice. Go there and ask them because they will usually give you some sort of information and they don't usually promote white sage or even have it on hand. Most places you're going to find white sage is going to be places like we you know, have this like natural grocery store that mm-hmm. has it that sells it in like bulk that gets it from like a wholesaler, of course. And so, you know, there's this place that's not in, there's a few in Colorado, a place called Earthbound that's, you know, kind of this hippie store. They have white sage. So just be careful and talk to local metaphysical places because they'll help you too if you're kind of new and getting started. And if you're not, then you already know this information. So it's just good to know. Just try to be aware. There's a difference between cultural appreciation and cultural mm-hmm. appropriation, but sometimes those lines do get crossed. So you just have to be careful. Right. Definitely. Thank you for that information. Yeah, you're welcome. So I would give this probably a three because it definitely was, it it had some issues. Like I'm not going to deny those issues were heavy in the acting and some of the, some of the later effects of the film, especially towards the end. That's really hard for like a major lead up, but Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed the writing and the script wasn't bad. It was just poorly acted and there was no like cheesy one-liners or anything that I really noticed. So that was good. And I really loved the story and man, it was actually creepy. Like I actually jumped and I would love to see this be redone with a bigger budget because I think that's really all it comes down to and I really am going to never try to knock a movie for a poor budget you can tell the difference between a good movie with a bad budget and a bad movie that is going to be bad no matter what so and this was not one of those cases yeah definitely I would I would also give it a three I love that they went for it I love that it was Native American and they still tried I think that was great I think that's amazing that they used their cultural center as the basis for this and their hauntings and so it's it's basically like a true story to me and I loved all of that but yes there were some problems it still is a low budget film and there are some problems there so that's why it doesn't get anything more but I do want to mention that I was reading some of the reviews on Amazon from people and they basically go from five out of five, glad you guys went for it, or one, the acting was terrible. Y'all know that there's like that three range, right? You can go in the middle. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I don't understand why people have to be so polarizing. Yeah. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. All right, exactly. But yeah, three out of five. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for this review of The Smudging. Again, it is available on Amazon Prime for free if you want to check it out. It's only about an hour 20. It said at about an hour 24, 28, but the credits are kind of long, so you can cut it off before then. You can find us, of course, on all of our social medias, Facebook and Instagram, or The Extra Sisters Podcast. Twitter is at The Extra Sisters. And if you would like to hang out with us on our Patreon, we mentioned our dollar movies. If you pay a dollar a month, you can listen to us talk about some dollar movies we just found in random bins at mm-hmm. Awards, and that's always fun. So dollar a month or $5 a month if you want a little bit extra content. So that is patreon.com slash The Extra Sisters Podcast. Until next time, stay creepy. Stay creepy.